Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown, the podcast that for the month of December pits two Christmas movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we watched as an angel helped set George Bailey straight and now a kind of less good angel gets involved in a bishop's life and wife as Cary Grant and David Niven face off in 1947's The Bishop's Wife. Once upon a midnight clear, there was a child's cry. A blazing star hung over a stable, and wise men came with birthday gifts. We haven't forgotten that night down the centuries. We celebrated with stars on Christmas trees, with the sound of bells, and with gifts. So which film will leave us feeling heavenly and which will be sent to movie hell? We'll have a winner at the end of this show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. I can't believe it. Hello, Clash Butters. No, he only took his Prune juice. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. <laughs> and welcome to part two. I'm going to be doing a lot of Matilda. Right. I am fascinated <laughs> by her in this film. Um, Me too. <laughs> she's, abs- she's just absolutely amazing. Anyway, excellent. Getting ahead of myself. Uh, welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown. And this is an attack of the angels as It's a Wonderful Life faces off against the Bishop's Wife. As you well know, one film will be declared a winner at the end of the show. But before we get into that, it's time for a dip into the digital. No, it's not. Why would it be? Apparently we're just not doing that anymore. You know? Because World Cup. Yeah, sure. We are doing Fanuary. Sure. So if you want to pick January's films and some of February's films, maybe all of February's films, Who knows? email us, show at clashpod.com with the two films you want and tell us why. We've received 250. We want 250 more. We want all your suggestions. Yeah. And uh, remember, you can email them to show at clashpod.com. Or, if the mood takes you, you can leave them as an Apple Podcasts review. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of the two. Uh, just pushing that, get that out. Un- unless, unless you're suggesting Eddie the Eagle. We've had a lot of Eddie the Eagle suggestions, so we don't need any more. Nothing wrong with that. Great <laughs> film. Great film. Goes well with Cool Runnings. Um, <laughs> yep. 
Okay, cool. I mean, considering we've had so many suggestions, obviously there's Fanuary, then there's February Fanny. Mm. Are we thinking we might do fart? <laughs> <laughs> They're good. Oh, have you cracked yourself up? No. No, I'm not a loser. <laughs> All right, then, let's do this. On Monday, I had a wonderful life, which means today Vicky is the bishop's wife. Time to get holy. Said the actress to the bishop. Wow. Yep. V, take us on a journey. Bishop Henry Broom is a deeply religious man, fully committed to life in the service of God. When you think of the times, he must have beseeched the Lord for an intervention to feed starving parishioners, to soothe the blight of war on struggling families, or assist children too cold and too poor to flourish. But the one time God answers his prayers and sends him an angel is because he's double booked himself for lunch. Turns out God's a bit of a joker as well, because the angel Dudley isn't really or only here to help Henry build a cathedral. He's here to Cuckold the man in plain sight, getting super cosy with wife Julia, flirting with his staff, muscling in on daughter Debbie. And then if that wasn't enough, he actually wrecks the fucking cathedral plans <laughs> right in front of Henry. Seriously, the balls on this guy. But it's balls that are kind of his undoing, because as a doddery professor reminds Henry, Julia's a woman and you're a man. So off Henry goes to ply his wife with cider and bang her back to her senses. The end. Happy Christmas. Right, because I wondered what he meant when he was like, you're a man and he's an angel. Because angels don't have any genitalia. You wouldn't have thought so, would you? No, it's true. I mean, yeah, why would they? They don't. They don't. It's a thing. Angels have no dick. Um, (laughs) Cary Grant is rock hard for the duration of this film. (laughs) I promise you. There's nothing down there. Imagine that. Once once that scene has taken place, every time I see him, I can't not see just a really smooth... Like a a Barbie doll or a Ken doll. just like nothing there. Do Ken dolls have... Dicks. No. Do they not? Is that the joke? Is that a question? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's a question. Do Ken dolls not have anything? No. No, but Barbies don't, do they? Okay. No. no all right, fine. I just forgot. That's all. I haven't seen a Barbie for ages. All right. Yeah, they don't have anything. No, they no don't. No nipples either. No, they don't. It's have weird, isn't it? It's like they've got breasts, but yeah. no nipples. Yeah. And, and then they've got nothing downstairs. Nothing downstairs. <laughs> no, nothing at all. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, okay, so this film, I'd never heard of it. I think the, the title is shit, as we'll get on to later. <laughs> but I was very, very charmed by it. Uh, so when you suggested it, Chris, I was like, the bishop's wife? That sounds awful. Uh, and it's not awful. There we go. That's me. What about you? Yeah, first watch for me. <laughs> never even heard of it. Certainly not seen it. Or even the remake with Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Not seen that either. So this Ooh. is all news to me. My mum loves two men aside from... Ted Tilly and those two men Kevin Costner no Cary Grant and Paul Newman so I grew up watching a lot of Cary Grant and Paul Newman films when I was a little kid and so I have seen this but um, I couldn't remember any of it Uh, so I was a bit nervous when I suggested it and then when I watched it I was like no I really can't remember this apart from him being quite good at skating that's (laughs) about all and I was thinking and about an hour and I was thinking where is this going and then when I realised it was going that direction I was like oh excellent (laughs) I shall very much look forward to talking about this very sleazy (laughs) His much shorter stunt double is incredible at skating. (laughs) Skates beautifully, yes. In a Gary Grant mask. (laughs) All right, well, it's based on a novel by Robert Nathan. This script is by Robert E. Sherwood. Did you read it? No, I didn't. (laughs) Because it wasn't a pamphlet, Alex. It would have taken you two minutes. I tell you what, it it is a novella, and I was looking it up, and I found a copy of it for sale, but it's thousands of pounds, so it must have been out of print for years. Um, Do your fucking research. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jimmy, buy it immediately. So you haven't seen Preacher's Wife, though? I thought you might have seen I that. I thought I'd seen that. That was a big deal. I know, I know. I, I sort know, of recognised the poster, but not mm. really. So I can't have seen I mean, it. she was like the biggest star in the world when they made that. Yeah. I mean, he's Denzel. Mm. It's, yeah, I know. It's fine. Uh, so Robert E. Sherwood also wrote Rebecca, if you're interested. And Leonardo Bercovici, who was blacklisted. So that's a little connection um, with... It's a Wonderful Life, if you care about that sort of thing, which I sort of do. So anyway, the only story here is... <laughs> we'll just watch that trail off. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I do, I do. I do, I do. I care about that, so that's why I said it. Things like that. Interest me. Piss off. So. <laughs> Just fuck off. <laughs> anyway, I need to carry on. Yep. I don't know why I've got so giddy. All right, anyway, here's the big story behind The Bishop's Wife. It was going to be directed by William Seater and Cary Grant was going to be the bishop and David Niven was going to be the angel. What? What? That wouldn't work. <laughs> I know. And um, an actor called Theresa Wright, uh, she was going to be Juliet. Anyway... It starts shooting. This was produced by Samuel Goldwyn. Sorry, we should have said uh, legendary producer Samuel Goldwyn. But he just wasn't happy. Uh, so he stops production, lost tons of money, replaces a director with Henry Costa and has Niven and Grant switch parts, which apparently Cary Grant didn't really want to do because he thought that the bishop, it's called the bishop's wife. The bishop is the main character and he wanted to be the lead. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of work to convince him that it's really Dudley's film. If you take out the sexual stuff, it would work. And also, I mean, I could see David Niven charming a woman away from another man. Yeah. Um, it would be fine. It's quite weird. But the, the David Niven performance here is very strange because he's such a charismatic guy. He's such a funny actor. Yeah. And here he's just a bit of a nothing. He's a bit annoying. He's given nothing yeah. to no, do, though. I agree. There's, I agree. I agree. This, there's a scene where they go, and uh, David, so for this scene, um, you're stuck in a chair. <laughs> yeah. And? No, that's it. That's uh, uh, kind of it. That's it. Yeah. So, you, you know, do what you will with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so when they started reshooting, Theresa Wright, uh, she was pregnant and you weren't allowed to be pregnant um, in the olden days and work, so she had to drop out. So in yeah. comes Damn non-pregnant. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Have we got a woman who isn't pregnant? <laughs> yes, Loretta Young isn't pregnant. Well, then she can be in it. Uh, so anyway, it didn't do very well. And apparently that's because people didn't connect with the title very well, which I totally get because it sounds like some sort of religious, boring kind of yeah. whatever. So Sam Goldwyn, cheeky Sam Goldwyn, retitles it Carrie and the Bishop's Wife, which is awesome. And then I've seen the poster puts this big black box on it that says, have you heard about Carrie and the Bishop's uh, Wife? And it's like, fair enough. Saucy. Yeah, because that's what the film actually is about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's a remake, 96, The Preacher's Wife, directed by Penny Marshall, which we haven't seen. Uh, which we should have done. It's fine. Chris has seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw yeah. it at the time. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, th- this Henry Costa, I was doing some research on him now. He's an interesting character. He's a Jewish man who grew up in Germany, um, in Berlin. And uh, he'd been the subject of anti-Semitism when he was there. It was obviously getting to a really bad time. And one day he lost his temper at an SA officer his bank during his lunch hour and punched the Nazi out. He punched an SS officer. An SA officer out in his bank at lunch hour and he had to leave Germany. Yeah, very That's quickly. 
probably uh, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think he went to France and then on to America and had this incredible career. But. Awesome. So that withdrawal I'm making, can you change that to everything? <laughs> <laughs> what a hero, though. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah. So should we talk about the film? Sure. Okay, so here is Cary Grant. He loves Christmas and he loves saving babies. Well, it looks like he loves children too much. Yes, yep. this is what I thought. If you're a real angel, <laughs> do you want to stop being such a judge pants? Ooh, can you stop creeping over kids? <laughs> can you not lead a blind man into traffic? <laughs> and can you not tell a woman, uh, you've just lost your baby? Don't do that again, yeah? Yeah, you know? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. How could I ever thank you? Don't try. Mm. Just make sure this doesn't happen again. So are you threatening me? Yeah, and, yeah, and, and not even that. On your way now. On your way now. <laughs> On your way He's now. Very you stupid sadly. woman. <laughs> Probably better get home before you smash the baby into the pavement or something because you're an idiot. Okay, I'm an angel. On, on your way now. She's like, okay, absolutely. It's I, I was really angry, obviously. <laughs> but I thought maybe back in the old, old time times, it was a, a form of goodbye. That's what I thought. I'll tell you what it is. What's happening here, it's just a cumulative effect of, of weirdness. There's the following kids, there's the blind man into traffic, then there's the, <laughs> then there's the on your way, stupid woman, and then the stalking Julia. Yeah. It's like by the time he's stalking a woman, he's like, I quite fancy a bit of that. What's he she does, doing? Yeah. Buy her Christmas tree. I'll probably follow her there. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, this guy's a weirdo. Yeah, he does come across quite weird. There's a lot of weird, like, rigid smiling as well, mm. but, but fine. It's because he's sort of standing, it's like because the kids don't notice him and he's sort of standing. He's standing in a way that you would stand if you wanted to watch kids and didn't want kids to know you were watching them. Wow. Like, he sort of looks diagonally through other windows at them and it's like, <laughs> this is weird. But, but he, he has personality. In fact, he seems to have multiple personalities, which is better than Julia... Whose personality is wanting a hat? <laughs> yeah, but it's old timey times. Like that's all we that's all we had. Yeah, but she, she's also mad. Who orders a Christmas oh tree my God, for that's delivery in my late on Christmas what, do Eve? Do I just set fire to money, Julia? That's mental. Get I, your money's worth. I think back in the day, um, the tradition was much more around getting your Christmas tree Christmas Eve and decorating it Christmas Eve. Well, and then when did you get rid of it? Like the professor, the professor's got his up. Yeah, like he's you know. I, mean, I don't think it'd be, what on earth is he doing? Like of, of course you haggling for that scratchy bit of twig <laughs> like that is literally the worst Christmas tree I've ever seen in a movie the Christmas Eve thing it blew my mind I'm like get that in my house it arrives on the 1st of December or oh, don't bother yeah like, it wasn't as strange that then now okay. now we put them up in November but I think then it was very much it's part of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is decorating the tree I suppose she didn't have anything else to do because she's got like 50 house slaves cooking for her <laughs> no so. they are they are very poor <laughs> they're really struggling <laughs> <Yeah>. this family <laughs> Matilda could you cook all of Christmas dinner for me brilliant get rid of Matilda then you can buy that hat <laughs> Jesus don't, don't, don't get rid of don't Matilda don't get rid of Matilda that's a good point so anyway as we have established Henry is having a little bit of trouble raising money for his cathedral now as someone and so you get into this like the dance of philanthropy which having dabbled in charity fundraising I'm thrilled to get representation on the silver screen 80 fucking years ago because you don't see it very often yep. like what he has to do with Mrs Hamilton I understand those manoeuvres sure yeah did you understand when Julia got home that she took off a pair of shoes and she had shoes on inside the shoes? I did understand that, yeah. Have you... I, I, <laughs> they're, I tried they're called overshoes. <laughs> I, I Googled it. I, I've never seen anything like it. Really? Yeah. What about... Have you, you if know, it's when, snowy, you might do that. Yeah, it's snowy. Your, to, if you protect your suede boots, you put She would have had very, a very thin lady's shoe. Right. And if it goes out in the cold or the wet and the rain, it become ruined. So she puts right. on an overshoe. 
Okay. You can get them now. Still. Do you know what you can get? Which I'm actually tempted because I'm terrible at walking on ice. I'm like, well, since I brought my wrist, I'm such an old lady. I don't want to slip over because I'll break my wrist again. Mm. You can get these things that you strap onto your shoes that are just spikes that you just like pop on with an elastic band, but you can only order them through the back of the newspaper. So I don't <laughs> want to do it because I'm admitting that I'm an old lady. But what a good idea. Tennis rackets. <laughs> That's what you want on your feet. That's what people do. You strap tennis rackets to your feet. I thought you'd like... She's got so many shoes on, you will never see her toes. Isn't that your dream woman? I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was thrilled. I was like, yeah. I wonder if she takes off her next pair of shoes. Whether she's got <laughs> even smaller pair of shoes. Like sort of Russian doll shoes. And actually, she's got tiny, tiny feet that she makes seem normal size by putting on seven <laughs> pairs of, of shoes. shoes. But anyway, Mrs. Hamilton, she is demanding to Henry, you build this cathedral the way I want it or don't fucking build it. Which isn't very Christian, but... But I do respect her attitude. It's a mad bit. when you find out like her story for why she's building this thing. Like she was like, I want my husband acknowledged. <laughs> yeah. and people won't be able to see that from the street. Yeah. And you're like, what? And then you get that story later on. You're like, oh. It's awesome, isn't it? Because I don't say this very often during this podcast, but I think the men get a little bit of a bad deal because poor dead Mr. Hamilton didn't realise that his wife never loved him at all. <laughs> and now she's using his money because she's been stirred by the memory of her dead lover to <laughs> spend all his money on the poor he doesn't get his cathedral anymore no, his yeah. guilt cathedral never gets built yeah he gets uh, a bit of a rough ride yeah but I'm more concerned with uh, the most pressing matter which Matilda announces at this point the chicken will be burnt to a crisp <laughs> bloody love Matilda also if we're not sure if we don't like Mrs Hamilton yet she says will someone get this dog out of the way mm. we already love this dog yeah. she's horrible to the dog yeah. bang you're done you do, you're yeah. finished you're finished in this yeah. town there's no way back from not any a helper dog it's a St Bernard yeah. they take skiers brandy mm. they do probably not in this film uh, who knows? Who knows? Do you know who knows? I don't know. It's quite a weird film. Uh, actually, <laughs> did you not see the deleted scenes? Yeah. There's a whole mission where the dog goes up a mountain. Uh, Brings w- back the professor, maybe. With Dudley. Yeah. And, uh, and they get pissed together. <laughs> uh, the emotional uh, linchpin of this film is that Henry and Julia, they used to have such fun and now they don't. Because of the cathedral. Because he doesn't live in the present anymore. He's so preoccupied with yeah. the future. This is a really interesting thing. I do like that message about the film, which is people who become so preoccupied, which I think is a thing. Like, even now, I think it's a universal theme. This idea that when you're so obsessed about work and about where you're going, yes. you forget to enjoy it's, the here and now. Ambition is mm. what's killed them because they were happy yeah. in the church that they had before but he has gone wanted to move up in the world yeah. and he's he sort of dragged her along with him but only his ambition gets a bad rap because his ambition is a cathedral and he never gets his cathedral but Julie's ambition is that hat and <laughs> she fucking gets it so it's really unfair you're right the men get a shit deal in this yeah, it's, it's <laughs> she not, gets a hat isn't that a weird thing to say mm-hmm. um, but he does try so he's like do you know what we'll do you know he's a little bit shamed by himself he's like do you know what we'll do tomorrow we'll go I can't remember the name of the restaurant uh, we'll go to our favourite Michelle's 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 and she can't believe it, and it looks like he's sort of turning back into himself. Do you know how I remembered the name? Because we actually meet Michelle. Yeah, later. and Dudley's unbelievably rude to him. <laughs> he's really rude to him, isn't he? He's like, no, actually, I do speak a little bit of French. But, but so. it's, it's almost like he lures him into a trap to make him look like a dick. Like he, a goes, twat, yeah. he goes, hey, Michelle. We don't even... Also, rude. he takes... Julia's like, I've wanted to go here for ages. Yeah. So she knows what's on the menu, and she probably has a favourite. She picks up the menu, goes, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, you you're not allowed to look at the menu. We'll just take, Michelle, whatever you recommend. And he goes, ah, uh, the guinea fowl. And he goes, yeah, not that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually very specific in what he wants. Yeah. 
paprika. Yeah, and he says it in French, and this person is going, no, that's not how we do it in France. Well, that's what I want, though. So could you just fuck off and do it, please? This is a French restaurant. He goes, you know that Italian recipe for guinea fowl? Yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, he's like, I guess. right, but, but I'm French, and I sort of cut the French way. He's like, yeah, not that, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what you're making. Something we've never made in this restaurant before. Yeah. That's right. I've come here because Julie loves this restaurant and I'm going to order off menu and off nationality. <laughs> we, we learned that this is the restaurant that Henry and Julia got engaged in. Yeah. And Dudley takes her there. Like, it's it, the gaslighting is strong. <laughs> he's making a move. He's legitimately making yeah, a move. Yeah, well, I mean, Cary Grant holds your hand and looks in your eyes and tells you you're going to be young forever. I mean, <laughs> bloody hell. What I mean, are you supposed to do? It was also a different time, but I don't know what sort of fancy upper-class restaurant goes... Palm reader. It's like, it's like, are you, so have you, you got a palm that. reader scene that you really need to get in here? Yeah, they do. So, yeah, exactly. Mine, no, it's like, she's a classy lady, but her favourite restaurant's got at-table entertainment, <laughs> so no. <laughs> Don't take me anywhere with at-table yeah. entertainment. It's not my bag yeah. at all. Hey, do, you want, do you want me to read your palm, love? That did happen. Mark took me somewhere that he thought was nice, and I was like, oh, this is nice. And then we sat down, and it was like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit of announcement tonight. Uh, it's going to be a bit of at-table magic. And I, I was like, oh, you <laughs> Fucking kidding me. It was awful. Like, Mark doesn't speak to people, does he? So I had to talk to a magician, which I never want to do. <laughs> yeah. He just puts his eyes down, looks at the steak tartar. I was like, well, you need to fucking talk to him. I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm not fucking talking to a magician. <laughs> it's I, our fucking anniversary. I, I'd rather leave <laughs> than talk to an actual magician. Doing up close magic doing while up. I meet him up a preca guinea fowl. That's what he was doing, yeah. Oh, terrible business. Anyway, the we got point, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, the point being, uh, Henry's like, oh God, I've double booked myself for lunch. <laughs> God, please help me. <laughs> <laughs> and God does help him and sends him Dudley, who straight away, which I really liked, because I'm not a religious person, but it, it is important for me to remember and to remember that Henry is deeply religious. So this is like kind of a big deal that mm. someone's like, I'm an angel. And so a man of faith, you think you'd be like, oh, okay, cool, because I believe in angels. But he is quite suspicious, so I liked that. As you would be, yeah. And I think it's a great idea that this film totally pisses away, which is, is he a con man or is he an angel? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the miracles aren't that convincing. I feel like I could do some of these miracles. <laughs> They're like walking across the street and a car and stops. There we have Chris in a nutshell. <laughs> did, did someone say God complex? Putting <laughs> putting celery in someone's pocket. That's one of his miracles. <laughs> um, uh, refilling a wine glass, unlocking a box at a door, um, sticking a man to a chair, skating, um, <laughs> sorting cards alphabetically, operating a typewriter. These are all within the realms of possibility for a, a mere mortal man. And as I say, the big one seems to be cars stop when he crosses a road. Well, it often happens a car will stop if you walk in front of it. God, he's so right. I hadn't thought of it. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. Um, why can't we tell Julia that Dudley is an angel? Why do we have to lie to movie, Julia? Movie rules. Yeah. She, she's a woman. So what's she going to do, faint? She'll go hysterical. fucking bananas. I, I guess they've got to put these rules in place. So you can't tell Julia, you can't tell anyone. And He tells the and, men, and he, he tells the professor. No, the professor less. figures it out. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, and, and, then, and then Dudley can't 
build the cathedral for him because he wouldn't be able to explain it. It's these things that are like, oh, yeah. we've got to say these things just to make sure the plot Just so people, people don't come out of the cinema going, but why didn't Dudley just build the cathedral? Although I bought that. I just I found it weird because Julia and Henry are have been very much, very much in love. And now they're not. And his faith must be part of that. And she must share his faith, I guessed. Like, I, I didn't see a thing where she's like, I've never even believed in this thing that you're doing. So she would be like, oh, cool, an angel, which correlates with my faith too. So, so no. I don't know. Uh, but that's me just reading too much into the religious thing, I expect. What does Henry want? Does he, and Dudley does ask him that, do you want the cathedral or a happy wife? I'm never quite clear what Henry actually wants. Well, I think he wants the cathedral at this <laughs> yeah. point. But right, but he then learns, he realises he yeah. learns. So he does ask him that big question and i, I think sort right of. now he wants the cathedral i don't think he learns though because dudley makes sure that the cathedral isn't going to happen it's not like henry ever goes oh, we can you choose, know what yeah, right. i don't want the cathedral mm. anymore it's kind of out dudley of goes to mrs hamlin goes don't give him the money for the cathedral give it to the poor and she goes yeah all right and yeah. then henry turns <laughs> up and goes so the cathedral goes hey, i'm not doing that anymore it's like Right, well, I, I guess now that's off the table. Yeah. I'll probably spend some more time with my wife. Yeah, you are right, actually. Oh, that's a, that's a downbeat. <laughs> downbeat point to have a short break. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, so anyway, uh, like we say, Dudley's asked the big question, which is, do you want your wife to be happy or do you want a cathedral? But he doesn't really wait for an answer because then he thinks Julia's just fair game. So he follows her to the park. Stalker! With her daughter. Well, he he gets to wear uh, Henry's scarf, first of all, but Matilda intervenes at this point yeah. because he's just going to walk out of the house and, aren't you going to wear it at? <laughs> so she's brilliant. <laughs> Looked her up, Elsa Lanchester. Do you know who she is? Yeah, Mrs. Charles Lawton. Yeah, she's the oh, bride right. of she's the bride of Frankenstein. Right, okay. That famous image <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the yeah. hair. That's her. That's mad yeah. I didn't know that. And she's in Mary Poppins as well. That's what I I kind of knew her face from. Yeah. Okay. She's so fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, she is. Yes. She's very good. Yeah. Um every facial expression. Mm. <laughs> but they get they just give her so much screen time of just looking at Cary Grant sort of lovingly. Yeah. Like it lasts a long time, but I'm like, yeah, I, I probably would do that. You don't yeah, you would. She rings laughs out of every single line. Mm. She has the odd line here and there. Like the line is, aren't you gonna wear a hat? But the way she delivers it, oh you go and wear an hat <laughs> is just perfect. Yeah. Um so Dudley's in the park, he's going to shake things up a bit, gets Debbie in the middle of a snowball fight, which she may not survive. Um, her mum says, 
Do you think she'll get hurt? He says, probably she'll love it. <laughs> different time. Yeah. A very yeah. different she time. She needs it. She needs it. That's, I think that's what they thought. I, I genuinely think she's, she's a bit confident for a woman. Uh, a young <laughs> woman. Smash that out of her. Brilliant. So as we said, he does then legitimately make a move because he magics Matilda. He's like, don't worry, uh, Matilda can take Debbie. So it's like, so you've got no reason to not come with me to your favourite restaurant, the place you got engaged to your husband. He's a dog. He can't believe it. He orders for, as we said, he patronises the owner. Mm. And then he sees the old ladies. He's like, going to get them smashed. Yep. He's a dodgy, dodgy bloke. So do you know what he offers? Do you, do you know what? Uh, so he, uh, Go cocktail, on, cocktail chat. Cocktail yeah. chat. So of initially course. he says uh, uh, three Benedictines. Yes. You know I do know what Benedict is just a uh, liqueur. It's a liqueur. Some weird monks monk, make ma- monk make this monks make this <clears throat> liqueur that the recipe is secret. It's got yep. like over twenty-seven different kind of herbs Have and flowers it? in it. Never. It's not very nice, but oh. it's a good cocktail ingredient. Okay. It's not good for drinking. Uh, but then he changes it to stingers. Do you know what a stinger no, is? No, I don't. I was. I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, I, I quite like the sound of a stinger. Go on. It's, it's quite simple. It's just it's a two. It's a duo cocktail. It's creme de menthe. Added to brandy. Wow. No, yes. thank you. Yes, no, I wouldn't no, have no, that. That's it. Nope. Yep. Yeah, apparently it was uh, very big at the time, but uh, it's disappeared since the 1970s. Since toothpaste. I think that would sting. Yeah. Mm. Yum. Anyway, uh, we're off to the professors. Mm, for, for more booze. For some mm. never-ending sherry. Uh, and some anecdotes about Caesar and Cleopatra. So I thought that was brilliant. I loved all of that. Like, uh, you know, reinvigorating this man to, to sort of rediscover his inspiration for writing historical books. What is... Is the professor's wine hidden in the fireplace? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. In the, the leg it's of the fire. sherry, yeah. yeah. So does he have an issue with alcohol and is Dudley an enabler? <laughs> but well, then no. I know, I know it ends up being non-alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. But here, I don't think it is. And, um, and also, doesn't he live... Who's he hiding it from? Because he lives by himself. Him, that's what I mean, from himself. Oh, he might have a, an with issue a purpose-built with cabinet. Because <laughs> <laughs> most fireplaces, on, again, I don't know, you don't knock them and a drawer pops out, do you? I mean, also, if you know that it's in there, it's not really hidden. No. I mean, I think you're... you're tr- it's reminding yourself I shouldn't be doing... That. I don't know, it just felt like the professor might potentially have it. But issue. you're asking the wrong I mean, person also, because the trouble with me and Sherry, I think Sherry is endlessly drinkable and I'm wrong about that, but mm. it doesn't telegraph to me, oh, you've got a problem. Like when we no. did Black Christmas, what's her face has got a problem with Sherry? That to me isn't a problem, mm. <laughs> but that's my own blind spot, okay. I will admit. Um, I mean, also, who wants who wants endless sherry that has no alcohol in it? Like, and also, didn't really who, understand why what it is was. The, why is the no. professor like this? Is great because I can drink it and it mm. warms me, but it doesn't get me inebriated. Yeah, go out and buy some proper sherry. Yeah, definitely. It should be. It gets you gets you nicely pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can drink this and, and stay nicely drunk. Hammered. No, no, I don't go too far. I'm, right, just, yeah. I'm constantly nicely yeah. drunk. I've not been sick on this sherry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so back with um, we're back with Henry and Julia. I I don't know this. Like, is he a man who can't find the right words to express his love to his wife <laughs> or his wife? Or in 1947, no, I think was it's a this joke. a compliment? I think it's a joke. Okay, fine. Calls, I just don't know. He calls her capable. He, he says you brush your hair so capably. Yeah. And you'd be like, I do what? I think it's showing that he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> okay, and fine. he's getting it wrong. Is, um, um, is this is this uh, before or after? Because they're making a big cake, aren't they? An extravagant cake yes. in the kitchen. And, and Henry doesn't like desserts no, like that. No, he doesn't. But thank God Matilda... Matilda's already thought ahead. Oh, but we've baked you an egg custard, sir. (laughs) There's more dog issues happening here, though, because now Henry's dog is with Dudley. Oh, yeah. Is this not a crime? Simon would be kicked out if he ever did that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot happening with the dog in this film. He does steal that. He does steal that man's dog, and then he reads a story to his daughter, and his daughter's clearly like, "Well, I don't need you anymore, Dad, because this this guy." (laughs) Have you seen seen this guy, Dad? (laughs) It almost feels like Dudley's been presented with a problem here. It's like this guy is not spending enough time with his wife, and Dudley's gone. Great. So, just the wife issue. Do you know what I might do? <laughs> uh-huh. I've got some time. I've got some time on my hands. I'm, I might fuck up his relationship with his mm. dog and daughters. And no, oh, Dudley. And, and the housemaid. Yeah, she's <laughs> going to fall in love with me too. Yeah. So, anyone else? And what's he into professionally? The cathedral? Definitely get rid of that. He doesn't mm. need that at all. The <laughs> professor's friends with you? Oh, he's my best friend now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I saw the sherry. I did the sherry trick. <laughs> we should have fucking sent Clarence again. Clarence, he might have the IQ of a rabbit, but he doesn't fuck shit. <laughs> Dudley is a monster. He doesn't steal he's you an, alive. He's an agent of chaos. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, he's got no dick, so he's overcompensating. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Henry does give in to Mrs. Hamilton's demands. I like this scene a lot. It's very funny where she's like, and can St. George look like my husband? And he's like, mm. yeah, fine. At this point, whatever. <laughs> who, who do you see as the dragon? Is, is a good line. It's a, really, it's a good really deadpan good. line. But then Dudley's going to kick things up a gear. So he imprisons Henry in his own chair so that he can take Julie on a nighttime date, mind fucks some urchins into giving a carol concert against their will, buys her the fucking hat, mm, which loves, is very naughty. He loves in, kids. In the, <laughs> yeah. Literally, it's like he's the Pied Piper in this Yeah, they're like, like tropes, isn't it? They're like, we know don't know why I we're doing do. this. I can lure children against their will to a room and make them sing <laughs> for me. Sing for well, me. The, <laughs> yeah, the problem there is that he's bringing children to a priest. Yeah. <laughs> Traditionally, not. <laughs> what we know now... Yeah. Is this a Mate. safe space, Dudley? Have you Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. doesn't the Reverend look happy in that scene? He's like, there's only two... Here. Oh, no, there's more. Oh. <laughs> oh, they, they, they just keep coming. <laughs> Sorry, me. just a little thing. They should be Their jacket should be over their basketball kit because they made it clear he's, he's taking them from basketball practice. Right, and how is it, <laughs> <I'm> not, oh. <laughs> how is it in the movie? The, the, it's not. There's no, there's no sign of basketball on them. Uh, I, just, I, they I, made a mistake. That's because I thought they were lying. I thought the kids were like, oh, we can't sing. We've got to go to basketball practice. Yeah, that's the thing. It's basketball and Christmas has lured them away. Right. Yeah. And yeah. a bit of sport. I see. I mean, buying the hat, like... Also rude that there's a, a, another woman, a, a, let's call it what it is, a less attractive than Julia woman, right. trying on the hat. And he just basically goes, it doesn't suit you. And yeah, it's like, that's well, true. That's, you've basically robbed this woman of a hat that she <clears throat> likes because you want Julia to have it. Why Isn't not? she one of the rich ladies? I, I thought no, I recognised. Is she not just a new, random lady? A new random I thought person. it was the rich lady and he was going, you're just going to, you can have everything. So you don't even need this he's hat. A, he's an angel. He can't tell a lie and that hat will look better and does look better on the rest I of the think young. it's the fact that he is an attractive man who looks at her and goes, that doesn't suit you. And because, you know, she's like, oh, an attractive man. It robs her of her confidence. Yeah. And also under Minds the shopkeeper, the shop lady, who's like, "This hat is fabulous, and you should have it." Yeah, and threatens her sale. Makes her look like a right fucking. But it looks like she doesn't know what she's doing when mm. she does. Yep. Uh, so yeah, takes her ice skating mm, uh, with Sylvester the taxi driver. Yeah, and in the tradition of all taxi drivers, which is pleasing to see how far back this thing goes. Starts a conversation unsolicited mm. with, do you want to know what's wrong with this country? Very worrying. To which the answer is, no, I never do. So stop very, fucking asking me. Very concerning. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the sentence doesn't end how we're all fearing. Yeah. But, you know, for a moment, it's like, what are we all? Oh, no. So it's fine, I guess. Yeah. What's not fine is uh, when you go and join uh, an ice rink, is to basically go, can everyone sort of fuck off to the sides because we're going to do a big dance in the middle and we need all this space. It's like, we arrived late. You yeah. all look like you're having a good time. 
clear off. Yeah. I'm going to show Julia what for I can ages, do. For ages, actually. For, it goes on for quite so, a long time. Sylvester likes it, though, because at the end of the scene, he says that his pockets are bulging with the coins of self-satisfaction. What does that mean? I, I don't know, but it sounds rude. <laughs> I think he's a drinker. <laughs> and then Dud- and Dudley, Dudley tells him, your children's children will rise up and call you blessed. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Why are they dead? Yeah, that sounds horrible. Is, am I meant to be pleased? Just a very... <laughs> That line seems like such a weird outlier. Well, it's obvious. Is it not from the Bible? Yeah, but do you you want that? No. No, you don't want that. Um, And then... So it means this all this ice skating malarkey means that Julia and Dudley are home very late. To which Dudley says to to Henry to his mm. face, "I represented you with your wife." What the fuck is that supposed? <laughs> and then when, Henry, when Henry gets up, he tells him to calm down. Yeah, don't tell an angry man to calm down. <laughs> that, that really works. But I represented you, so you did all the things that a husband would do with my wife. Unreal. Yeah, to but his face. apart from that, I just sort of rubbed against her. He's got hands. I'm just saying. Oh, I see. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, of try and think a bit more creatively. That's good life advice. I am now. <laughs> I think, I think... I'm just saying it's not the end of the conversation, is it? Oh, you don't have anything, <laughs> but you do have hands. I just, I think the problem here is they make um, Henry so dull and so lifeless and so boring. And I don't, I don't, I don't care if he gets his wife back. And here he, he asks his assistant Mildred to type up his sermon on Christmas Eve. Like he's literally turning into Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah, she does want to go, doesn't she? I, I don't know. I did see. I saw a man sort of constrained by his own ambition. Fair enough. And when they, when he double books himself for lunch, before he does that, when he's like, let's go to Michelle's, you can see what they used to be like. I just, I always just found the faith thing, just, it's, that's my gap in sort of understanding who they are. Cause I just always think it seems a bit boring. Um, and yeah, not I fun. honestly think it would be better if he was anything but a bishop. Yeah, because I think the film would work if he was just a businessman. Yeah, he was preoccupied with building his new shopping mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, actually. Um, but the the important line here is because this thing, this one thing that's keeping Henry on track, that's like, do you know what? I can see that my life is going to shit, but the guiding light for me is to to show my service to God by building a cathedral. But Dudley's like that big roof make a lot of little roofs, and sort of picks apart this one I- thing. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Henry snaps in, so he sends him away. And then there's the taxi driver saying what we're all thinking, which is Dudley and Julia are to be married, which is uh, very funny and, again, uh, a bit cheeky. And then Dudley, this, I can't believe it. Well, I didn't even think of this until I was writing it. Dudley rewrites Henry's sermon. So it's like he can't even do that anymore. That's the one thing. The sermon. Then he sneaks into Mrs. Hamilton's house, goes through her private stuff, finds a composition written to her by her true love, plays it, not him playing it, obviously, on a heart. It's funny, that, isn't it? It goes on for ages. Yeah. But it, it, just imagine being the actor, being make, making harp playing face for, for ages. Anyway. I, I thought it was quite emotional, though, when Mrs. Hamilton hears it and realises. Yeah. I think she sells it, and I think it's quite a touching moment actually yeah she melts doesn't she mm. and she confesses I like the I think it's such a brave thing to say you don't hear that sort of thing much do you I suppose it's got no place nowadays that she was scared to be poor so her true love was poor and she sent him away and then mm. she never saw him again because she was scared to be poor and that's why she's clung on to all this money she's got this huge house that seems really cold and um, and she's been trying to memorialise her husband in this way uh, but now she's not going to do that she's this other dude that she hooked up with uh, he, he's like brought her back to life and she's going to spend all her dead husband's money on urchins and whatnot mm. um we go back to the professor for some magic sherry which doesn't get you pissed so it's basically cordial which is gross yeah um he understands that dudley's an angel 
funny line where he's like, too bad, such a nice fellow. That's quite funny, isn't it? Like, mm. uh, for an atheist. And then Henry's kind of under siege at this point. Mm. He's lost his wife, he's lost his child, he's lost his coin. He's lost his coin. <laughs> this fucking coin. Everything's gone. I don't like that it gets passed back and forth so many times. Like. No, this, because they're making you think it's got something to do with the plot. And it doesn't, <laughs> does it? Oh, this coin is going to be the, the fortune. It's, no, enough, it's, it's enough for Henry to say to the professor in apology, I was only looking at it for its, for its value. Yes. And actually it means so much more than that. Oh, okay, I'll keep it. But no, you have it, have it. <laughs> like, no one wants this coin. So the professor tells Henry, you're a man and she's a woman. Mm, and fight. That, Go yeah. and fight for her. I was disappointed that he uses that to actually try and punch an angel because I, <laughs> I don't like violence, do I? So I was like, I was like oh, he's going to try and, he's, and shag her. Dudley's but. absolutely asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I can't, I can believe this end where it turns out Dudley is actually a bad, yes. bad person. Oh, I I was getting super excited just thinking that we get to talk about this. It's so he's 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 with her and he says, "Julia, I don't want to leave." Yeah. And tells her she's it's heaven on earth with her. I've written down, "Fucking hell, Dudley!" <laughs> un- un- unbelievable. And it's- she doesn't even give it a second thought. She says, "I, she says, I think you sh- I think you ought to go." Yeah. yeah, she doesn't give it a second thought. Please, Julia, don't send me away. I'm tired of being a wanderer. <laughs> Fucking hell, Cary Grant. He, or everything. He's just been playing the long game. It's all like it, it basically says that everything I've done for you, Julia, all of this was a lie. You're, you're, and I just wanted to be with you. He's not yeah. an angel. He's a demon. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he, he's, he's the worst of the worst. Is it because it's of its time that she's like, what? <laughs> like, how has she not read it? The man bought you a hat. Like, wise up, lady. <laughs> but she's like, I can't believe we're having this conversation. Really? I don't know. Like, are you not allowed to show that she was like, yeah, that, that's good. That is quite cool. But I can't do that because I'm married. But she's really surprised, which makes her seem like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose it's of its time, I guess. Pl- but anyway. I, I tell you one thing you don't want, though, is when you do try and have a fight with someone and they threaten to destroy you with a bolt of lightning. <laughs> that, w- <laughs> that would give you second thoughts, wouldn't it? And he seems, he seems like a really unprofessional employee as yeah. well. Like, when Heaven are going... You need to come back now because you kind of fuck this. And, and he's like, "Yo, uh, why don't I tell you when I'm coming back, God? Because I'm I'm still having an argument with him, and I don't know that Julia's off the table yet. To be honest, so let me just finish. I said, shut up, God. But, and he's quite self righteous because then when Henry when then they're not going to fight, he then does say to Henry, well, you, you know, you were praying for guidance, and that's you received it. I've I, 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 literally done my job. I liked that though because I was stressed about Cary Grant being a bad man and so when Henry's like Julia is the love of my life and he's like cool that is all I was here to do actually so I'm not bad anymore I'm actually very good you got what you want it's a painful lesson but you've learned a lesson I think that's good it, feel, it, it feels like Harry Grant reversioning like Dudley reversioning yeah. what has happened and yeah. going oh okay so you feel that was the lesson all along. Well, I wasn't yeah. trying to bang Julia at all. <laughs> That's like, well was. done, me. I was envying Immortal, so I, I, li- I genuinely can't ever come back here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, can't come back <laughs> when, yeah. They, when they find out what me and my non-penis have been up to. Yeah, I'm so bored. Because he tries to pass it off. He tries to go, at the next post I ask for, it'll be at the other side of the universe. It's like, yeah, you'll ask for that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they're not just going to send you as far away from Earth as possible. And he, and he can't even let it lie. He says... To as he leaves hold her tight in your arms kiss her for me Henry <laughs> for you it's, no it's, you're, you're not part of this anymore <laughs> I'll, I, well I'll be gone 
I'll leave my angel mm. tongue in your mouth, so and it'll <laughs> actually be me kissing her. Think about that. And I'll when you live, remember nothing else, just and, that. And I'll leave my angel figure above your daughter's bed, because I'm going to be back for her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's like, I'm going now, but when, I'll be here forever in your kid's room. When Debbie comes of age, I cannot I'll be keep, back. I cannot keep my smooth genitals to myself. <laughs> this, the not remembering stuff I did find a little bit annoying. because it's so discon- Everyone, the problem is... That everyone looks really unnerved by it. Like they, it's like they've come back from uh, like being kidnapped or something. They know something is wrong. It's not like they're like suddenly everything's fine. Yeah. They're like something fucking something bad. Has happened. Something <laughs> bad happened to me. It's it's a good conceit in that you don't know who has been helped by an angel and if they're all around us all the time. That's I like idea, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then as you say here, it's just a little bit confusing. You don't know when the memory's been wiped, and so we yeah. we need Dudley to say, "Oh, I've got an inexplicable." Uh, sorry, Henry said, "I've got an inexplicable sense of happiness." Yeah. And then you've got to remember back to them saying that you won't remember. Yeah. It just it seems a bit fuzzy. Mm. Well, it's only because. At the beginning, he's like, I can't just build this cathedral because it'd be hard to explain. Okay, that's cool. But then later, isn't Henry going to be like, I have been obsessed with building a cathedral for quite a long time now, and now I don't give a shit, and I don't know why. Why is there there a picture of a cathedral above a fireplace? (laughs) It seems odd. I don't think I'm very well. (laughs) Anyway, that's the end of the film. Where's my dog gone? (laughs) I'm just sorry it ends on the bloody sermon. I I really wish it ended with them getting pissed on cider and fucking. Yeah, fair enough. Or give give us a fun, good... Sermon. It's so boring. <laughs> they are it boring, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but no. But this is an opportunity to have a bit of fun with it at the end. I yeah. think you should see. Dudley got the last laugh. He yeah, wrote a really boring, boring sermon. <laughs> Yeah, he could. Dudley could have had given the film the last laugh by having a fun sermon. There should be. It's so what? There should be a little project at St Thomas's that the, the the bishop and his wife are no longer involved in, which is like a soup kitchen or whatever it is. Easy thing to do. And so the poor little urchins are outside. We're starving to death, sir. I don't give a shit. I'm building a cathedral. And then at the end, he's like, I'm going to open the soup kitchen, which shows him reconnecting with yep. the smaller causes. But That's instead, fair. the last image I think is Dudley walking away, sort of self-satisfied, winking, basically. Yeah. You know, Following because of what? I wound him up, I gaslit him, I cuckolded him. I'm a legend. Yeah. And I'm it, a total legend. And, yeah. and he leaves everyone behind, like the professor when he sort of he he looks disconcerted when he's reading the sermon. Henry looks disconcerted. No one looks happy no. at the end. Everyone looks a little bit like. I've lost a chunk of time and I don't know why. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's really, it's, it's a really uh, odd ending. Yeah. And that is the ending. Any more? All I got is Michael Landon's wife apparently watched this every Christmas and one year said to him this would make a good series and that's how we got Highway to Heaven. All right. Mm. Anything from you? No? No, uh, right. no, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> okay, yeah, just because you were shuffling your papers. Yeah, no, I was, I was looking for a best scene because I don't have one. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, I'll come to you second then. Chris, Thanks. what was your best scene? Um, I think it's a very effective moment when uh, Dudley produces the choir boys. Okay. Yeah, I have more to say on that when I get to my change, but I think it's a very lovely scene. I think the song's amazing and the singing's amazing, and I think it's a really good example of his magic. Yeah. Um. As I say, I've got more to say on that one, but that's my favourite scene. What about you? Uh, I've actually found the one that I, I meant. Uh, it's where he keeps making the sherry appear in the glasses because it made me want someone like that in my yeah, life. And a bit of Can sherry. you imagine not having to go to the bar at the famous cock? <laughs> Especially last week, you weren't here. It was five deep and they had two people on. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It took me about 20 minutes to buy a drink. And if I... I thought you'd left. <laughs> <laughs> it is the sort of, so 
sort of thing you might do. I, I was close. I was like, she'll find her own way home. <laughs> she'll under, she'll come in. She'll see how deep the bar is. She'll go, he's fair gone. Enough. He's that gone. And enough. that's understandable. <laughs> but yeah, imagine that. If we could just sit in that scrotty beer garden <laughs> under, under the heater where the fake grass is soaking <laughs> and just like go, do you want another one? There you go. Lovely. I, I like the harp, the composition, you know, when he... F- I think it's a bit... It's quite funny watching his face when Dudley's playing the harp, but the whole idea that there's this secret composition that she's got in this box and it melts Mrs. Hamilton's cold heart, I quite like that. What's your MVW, Alex? Uh, it's almost David Niven because I, I just really like David Niven. It's not Cary Grant because I find him duplicitous and smarmy in this film. <laughs> uh, it's Matilda, a.k.a. Elsa Lanchester, a.k.a. Mrs. Charles Lawton. I just think she's brilliant. Uh, honestly, like the minute she go, no, he only took his prune juice. I was like, sold. <laughs> Anything you say from here on in, I'm, I'm in. What about you? Uh, my most valuable ever is Elsa Lanchester as Matilda. <laughs> oh, good for you. I loved I just thought this is this is the best thing in the film. Yeah. Mine's Gladys Cooper as Mrs. Hamilton. So, oh. yeah, I think she's so good. Mm, like, good she's got such a big story and such rich depths. Mm. Um, so we've all picked people whose names didn't appear on the poster. Neither the bishop nor the wife. <laughs> not David Niven, Cary Grant. No. I mean, there's a lot of films I would pick them, but yeah. not this one, not yeah. this one. And um, what would you change, Alex? I... I I, I sort of lean into this earlier. I, I genuinely think it'd be more fun if you weren't sure if he was an angel or a con artist. I thought that was a really exciting thing that was going to happen. I thought that was going to be the film. Like, you uncertain, like this priest, because he's a priest, trust this guy who goes, I'm an angel, you prayed. And, like, he, like a few things start to confuse him. But it's the, the minute he goes, and makes all the, like, the sorting cards in the deck just fly through there. I'm like, oh... Okay, so he's an angel. Right, and then it just became a different movie. I think the the reveal at the end that he was an angel all along and probably lose, and I was trying to stop your wife, like <laughs> would be much more interesting. I think you get rid of that reveal that he was in love with Julia and just have the reveal he was an angel and everything he's been doing was to help Henry. Be a nicer film. Yeah, what yeah. about you? Yeah, trying to shag the wife is is a mistake. Like he can flirt with her a little bit to make the husband jealous to remember why he loves his wife. Mm. That is fine, mm. but he crosses the line. I've said the choir scene was my favourite scene, but equally, an angel shouldn't produce young boys for a priest. Time has taught us that might not be a good idea. But I feel like there's a, there's a there's a there's a post credit scene I'd quite like where the um, he tells the professor you're going to live to finish this book. So and he dies. He has a heart attack as he's about to write the end. And Dudley appears and goes, "Wacka wacka (laughs) wacka." That is classic me. (laughs) It's a loophole for him to live forever because if he starts the book but never finishes it, he's going to keep on living. Okay. And so I think we found our way into a sequel. Okay. (laughs) Via an angelic loophole. Nice. Sure. You're going to live to finish this book. Well, if I start it but don't write the end, Mm. I'll just keep going on living. It was just a loophole that I spotted. It's really clever. Uh, uh, you're next, Vicky. <laughs> well, I'm looking at mine. I'm starting to feel guilty. It just, I am an atheist, but I love Christmas for my own personal secular reasons. Anyway, it's not Christmassy enough, even though it ends with a sermon about the birth of baby Jesus. I've just realised. So, A, make that hat Christmassy, 100%. doesn't need to have fruit and flowers on it. It can be Christmassy. Yeah, lose, the- lose the hat. <laughs> it's, it's the ugliest fucking hat I've ever seen. But you get that Christmas tree in there sooner. See, Matilda's like, the turkey is going to burn, not the chicken. Like Some big Christmas things. Oh, a Christmas tree should be in colour. Looks rubbish in black and white. <laughs> it does look a bit flat in black and white. Yep. Just because it's a wonderful 
Wonderful Life has got, which isn't super Christmassy until we get right to the claws. But then when he's running through Bedford, like, happy Christmas, everyone, happy Christmas. I need that in here. It just isn't Christmassy enough for me, even though it is all about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. I know. I just, yeah. I didn't even realise that until I looked at it just now. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's honestly my change. So yeah. there we are. I'm done. Christ. Mass. Christ mass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Let's go to a toy shop. Yeah, cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, and are we done? Yes. Great. So um, now it's time. time right. <laughs> oh my God. You two. Your stamina is unreal. <laughs> are you not over it? Are you really not? I'll tell you what. Let's do a pact. <laughs> A little bit of process here. Let's do this for the last time. He'll never stop. Why? I, I was just doing it like normal. He will never stop. But you fall in with him. I can get, I can win him over. You're encouraging him, Chris. Let's do the verdicts. Lovely. No, you you actually what? just ruined it. Yeah. Lovely. We need a little space for then the, the little sting to go in. Oh, yeah, I forgot you, about that. You don't even know when you're ruining it because you don't know how it works. I, yeah, I know how it used to work. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! <laughs> um, okay, uh, I'm going to go first because I think... It doesn't matter. I've been pretty... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. And I have said before, this is... It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favourite films of all time. It's top five for me. Mm. It's that good. Um, so as much as I like Cucked by an Angel, um, <laughs> the, it, just some reasons why. Like Wonderful Life, it explores the pain and pleasure and joy of life in the same two hours, which is really hard to do. It's like a history of America. You've got the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression, World War II. It chucks all that stuff in. And I loved that story behind the film. The fact that it, it wasn't a hit and it fell out of favour. And then... The people discovered it. The people made it successful, just like the people made George Bailey successful. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And, nice. so, and also, I'm going to go on record now, it's better than A Christmas Carol. Yes. For the reason, because we were going to compare it to Christmas Carol, and I wasn't sure which was better, but... The reason is we can relate to George Bailey. We cannot relate to Scrooge. Mm. And that makes all the difference. Um, what George is going through, trying to do the right thing in life, experiencing the heartbreak. It's so universal. It's a film that will be around forever. And it's obviously the better film this week. Vicky. Uh, the Bishop's Wife has a shit title, but it's a charming and complex actually and a lovely film but uh, It's a Wonderful Life is a cult and I didn't ever really get that and now I do and there isn't much that can compete with it and so we've done that thing on the podcast where I have to re-watch something mainly because Chris makes me and I thought I hated it and now it's in my top 10 films of all time mm. uh, it's brilliant and it's sophisticated and it's accessible that's the thing like it is cheesy but it's also not it, like, it lets you in and it doesn't bash you over the head and it isn't too sentimental and it's insanely sentimental at the same time. Mm. But it's just a very Christmassy film as well, which is the point of it. But it's just so genuine. It's unbelievably good. It's definitely one of the best films ever made. Mm. There we go. Yeah, I can't thank you enough for introducing me to It's a Wonderful Life, Chris. I watch a lot of shit at Christmas. <laughs> I have seen Christmas with the Cranks twice. Um, <laughs> I've seen Fred Claus more times than I can remember. <laughs> So to actually, I, and I needed a good cry. And this film, the end of this film, it, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like so many films. I do cry a lot of films, but I'm manipulated by the films. This was just honest, like, oh my God, this is such a beautiful moment. I'm so like loving being emotional about this. It's just one of the greatest ends to a film I've ever seen. And it really hit me. So yeah, I mean, obviously 
I do think The Bishop's Wife is a good film. I enjoyed it. But It's a Wonderful Life is a masterpiece. So it's three for three. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. It's a Wonderful Life is our winner this week. Um, Not that you need to, I'm sure, but, you know, as always, if you think we got it wrong, you can have your own vote on our poll when it goes up on Twitter. I think this might be our first 100%. Yes. I've been wrong before, and now I've said it, someone will make that think, not happen. Oh, I think cool. Lara Jackson, long-time listeners, a big Bishop's Wife fan. Okay. Had a couple of tweets about that, so we, there could be at least one. And I think uh, Anna Wilczek, who won it, I think she's a big Bishop's Wife fan okay. as well. well I don't who know. knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, right then. That is us done for our first Christmas countdown show, but we've got another one coming next week. And the clue Victoria gave on Monday was... Father Christmas. <laughs> so, me, what films are we doing? I can't remember which is first, but which is bad. The Santa Claus mm-hmm. and Jack Frost. One yeah. of them came out before the other, and that Fine. will be the one that goes out on Monday. Fine. And, I don't um, know. Not, and it's not it's not dirty pervy snowman oh, yeah, killer sorry, Santa no. Jack Frost. Uh, oh yes, two Santas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's two Jack Frost. Uh, I've only seen the one where mm. he pretends to be water in a bath. Yes, and then, don't stop speaking. Yeah, stop okay. speaking. It's, it's not that one. Pretty dark. Uh, but we're not doing that one. Thing. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. yeah. So nice. oh, I can't wait. It's a weird film, but anyway. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't know where they're available. Uh, they are available on no, I didn't. Santa look. Claus got to be Disney Plus, isn't it? Because of so. yes, it will be. Yeah, because they've got the Santa right Claus chat once again. I don't know. I mean, no, I don't know. I assumed before we decided that it was all sorted. So, and if if you didn't enjoy, <laughs> if you what didn't does even that even mean. <laughs> right? Can we just can we stop the podcast? I want to go and watch some football. Right? Yep. Yeah, cool. Uh, so that is your pairing for next week. Get watching them. It's the original Tim Allen, the Santa Claus, and it's Michael Keaton's Jack Frost. That is us done. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't done already, we'll be back on Monday with part one of next week's Clash as we talk. <laughs> Have a lovely weekend. Merry Christmas. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.